This program is sponsored by Taco Bell. Nothing feels as bad as mistakes of the past. Welcome listeners to The Monologue. We are here to discuss issues which originated in the past of America, injustices we have grown to progress past or still hold far too close. My name is Jordan Hall and I will be your host today, and on this fine day we are going to dive into the era of American Prohibition. To start this episode off, we are going to dive into the origin of Prohibition where it comes from, who kind of started it, and what the people who followed it were like, and what they kind of believed in. Now, where the movement for prohibition began was in the temperance movement, which is a religious-based ideology that condemns the overindulgence of alcohol, or basically anything, because overindulgence in itself is considered a Christian sin. So people who were kind of, you know, hardcore into that religion really believed in kind of being modest about pretty much everything. But this specific movement targeted overindulgence in alcohol, which at the time was rampant. It was it was a problem. Like it was kind of a problem. It was very often that, you know, the husbands of many, many women in America were out drinking, coming home drunk. It was often customary for like for people to work while drinking it was that was considered kind of a normal thing and so one of the people who is the most famous um perpetrator in the prohibition movement was a woman named carrie nation who was married to a man named dr charles gloyd who was an alcoholic and he ended up dying from alcohol poisoning after the birth of their first child. This led into about a decade of her struggling to provide for herself and her child. She was widowed and she had very little family to kind of fall back on. But after that, she ended up marrying a man named Frank Nation, where she gets her last name, Nation, and remained in the marriage for about 24 years and they were quite an unhappy 24 years. And prior to this, during that decade where she, where she was by herself, she found solace in religion and the temperance movement. And this was about circa 1890. And since that point, she would go on to lead quite violent marches with fellow women to publicly destroy saloons and to kind of make a point in quite a radical, radical way that was vandalism. Along with Miss Nation, there was also another supporter that was quite renowned named Eugene Wilder Chaflin. And he actually ran for president under the temperance movement, under the temperance party, prohibition party, more like. And his story is less, is much less radical than Miss Nation's in terms of violence and in terms of acting out. 
So following his graduation from the University of Wisconsin, this was around 1875, Chaflin pursued the Prohibition Party presidentially. And throughout his presidency campaign, he pushed prohibition as the most important issue in the early 20th century. And he had multiple attempts of convincing the public that it was the most important thing to instill. But they all failed. (laughs) Every single one of them. And he even went on to abandon his law practice and to devote his life, pretty much, to pushing and promoting world temperance and pushing and promoting people to stop drinking alcohol altogether. let's dive into the times. What life was like during Prohibition? During the period when Prohibition was protected under law and enforced by the government in the United States. Following 1919, organized crime and its violence began to boost in American society, a stat that many Prohibition supporters were thoroughly surprised by, as they really equated crime with the consumption of alcohol. So, in their minds, Prohibition, you know, enforcing temperance, would decrease the amount of crime, but the opposite happened. And throughout the entirety of the 18th Amendment, there was constant rebuttal, unease, and crime within the country. John R. Vile goes on to explain, The passage of the 18th Amendment cut the consumption of alcohol, but it was far from successful in eliminating it. Organized crime and its accompanying violence received a major boost, providing a product that so many wanted and were willing to break the law to get. Speakeasies, where one could drink in social settings, flourished, and many feared that true temperance was less likely to be achieved by the flaunting of such complete prohibition than by less invasive government regulations. The state of the country at this time really goes to show that People have the right to choose whether to drink alcohol or not, and to suffer any consequences if they do it irresponsibly. Because the forcing of people, taking that choice away from people, kind of contradicts the whole point of freedom. Because unideal circumstances happen, and that's what comes with freedom. So to pass a law that bans a product that A, nearly everyone is addicted to, and B, people enjoy making and producing simply just stirs trouble. Now, there were many, many lengths taken to mend prohibition, but none of them really were successful. For example, there were seven cases that were brought to the attention of the Supreme Court in 1920, all of which challenged the constitutionality of temperance being being enforcedly legalized. Rhode Island v. Palmer is considered the most important of the seven, though these cases were carried out and heard, the Supreme Court still still did not budge and kept the 18th Amendment 
within the Constitution until 1933. These cases involve the public using its voice to argue for a freedom that they did have a right to, the freedom of choice. Temperance is fine, just don't push it on people who don't follow it. Freedom comes with trust, trust that will be broken from time to time by people who can't control themselves. But in a country built on free thought and action, the illegalization of alcohol revokes that trust and revokes that freedom. final segment today, we will dive into the modern day effects that have lingered from the Prohibition era into modern day. Now, the ideology of Prohibition still lives on in people who follow what is now called neo-Prohibitionism. In fact, one in five adults today believe that the consumption of alcohol should be illegal. Now, that covers the limited public support, but some states still crack down heavily on liquor consumption. Massachusetts, in fact, in modern times, is intolerant of things such as happy hour, alcohol games, and free drinks. It is also considered one of the strictest states when it comes to alcohol, aside from Kansas. To enforce temperance is to revoke a freedom that everyone in this country deserves. Choice. In a country built on being free, we are provided that trust and ability to choose. Some choose wrong or get carried away, swept up in whatever it is they hold dear, but most can handle their choice and, in case of alcohol, use it responsibly. That is the beauty and downfall of freedom. You're allowed to fall down. Now, thank you all for listening. That is a wrap on this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed this discussion and monologue on prohibition in America. This discussion has been sponsored by Taco Bell. Use your right to choose us at 12 a.m.